podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to a Celtic State of Mind, I'm Paul John Dykes and today on the Axon Bulletin I'm joined by Declan McConville and JP Mason as always on a Thursday. Welcome back to the show guys, how are you doing? Alright, right. should, should have been with you in the studio today, Paul, but uh, tra- that's travel, a pity. That's a pity. Let me down, but uh, it'll, it'll happen soon. It definitely will. There is a actually um, a train station just over the the car park there, so it will definitely happen. You can come in in person, have a look at the studio. Um, someone asked if it was a hairdresser's that we were in. I don't <laughs> know if that was because of my fault or somebody seen somebody through the window on the other screen. But um, yeah, we're here to talk about Celtic. There's plenty as always to talk about. Um, loads to take from last night's game actually but we'll lead with the the kind of um, you know the running to that game we'll start with yourself Declan um, obviously the fans a few weeks ago were asked them to bring flag displays and um, you know in tribute uh, to Scott Brown as the number one audio company iHeartMedia gives you access to all every audience live conversations trusted influencers and the insights and data you need to grow iHeartMedia is your access company go to iHeartResults.com for more this week on the marketers report Patrizio Spagnoletto global chief marketing officer direct to consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery weighs in on building trust Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Uh, the Green Brigade um, had their own display uh, it was removed by the club and thereafter began a war of words if you like between the club and the Green Brigade and it overshadowed a wee bit I think the lead up to the game certainly Declan what's your take on this what's your thoughts and you know that they have clashed in the past the Green Brigade and the club are we getting to the stage where the uh, damage could be irreparable or will we be able to um, you know start afresh when Dominic Mackay comes into proceedings I hope that as a case that we, we start afresh I think um, Peter Lowell's relationship with the the GB has probably been fractured. I don't think there's probably been a lot of contact there. And um, hopefully Dominic McKay can sort that. In terms of yesterday, 
Um, I know there was a kind of split, maybe an opinion with some people saying that uh, it was the wrong time and whatnot. But I think as Celtic fans, you have a responsibility and a duty to stand up when you see oppression happening in other countries for the foundation of the club. I think it's important to remember as his fans see the club very differently from how the PLC view the club. And in terms of yesterday, um, I don't think under COVID rules that there would have been nobody watching that display going out unattended in Celtic Park. So somebody would have been there, I assume. If not, that's Celtic's responsibility and Celtic's fault. And um, that if the club didn't want to, you know, kind of cause confrontation then, they could have sorted this out then and said, no, no, wait a minute. Don't put that out or whatnot, and I don't think as much would have been made of it. But the fact that the club let the GBN put it out, take a photograph, and then wait until they leave is very poor. And anybody creating a toxic atmosphere yesterday wasn't the GB; it was the the PLC board. Now, I expect a lot of comments to come in in relation to this, as you can imagine, on social media. As soon as the news broke, um, it went viral as you would expect um, we have a, a YouTube message coming through, left wing ultras and Tories will never get on, it's about acceptance of the differences and I uh, remember back you'll, you'll be able to tell me the exact game uh, Declan, it was a game where one of the displays that we had and I think it was a final, it could have been the Aberdeen game, but correct me if I'm wrong and it was um, a uniform so simple in its style you remember that? That, that the Linfield game, even as well, there was a, a display that was a bit. But I think there was, yeah. I think it was a Aberdeen game that one. And I was speaking to because it was at Hamden. That's what's making me think. And I, I was, was speaking Hamden. to yeah one of the the security guys, one of the heads of security, who um, was speaking about that because they got into a bit of trouble for allowing it to happen because of the connotations of the song that the lyric comes from. And it became pretty clear to me that the person I was speaking to didn't have a clue uh, what the song was, what it meant, or any of that, any of that kind of stuff. So I think that, um, you know, you've got that on one hand, and then you've got something completely different on the other hand. Like you say, making uh, a demonstration um, to tell people who are oppressed that you are being supported all over the world and um, you know they've done it before and that message travelled the world I mean you remember Roger Waters putting it as his um, backdrop as well wherever he played Uh, Celtic fans were lauded for that we were fined for that we were able to raise money uh, through the Green Brigade to pay the fine and more and you just think that there is such a disconnect because on the one hand things that you would have thought might have been questioned go under the radar and then other things that you think well you know how is this offensive? I think that is where I'm coming from here. How is, um, you know, actually uh, putting out uh, a flag offensive? Uh, we know think, the backstory. You know, how could it possibly be perceived as being offensive, Declan? Yeah, I think yesterday as well, I, I never touched on it. There was a, a tribute in there to um, Salah, who was a guy who had did a lot for Ada Celtic, um, a, a refugee camp as well. Mm. So if they were even going to leave at least one, that was the one to leave. So the fact they also took away a flag in tribute to somebody who'd recently passed away, who an image that the North Cove put up is standing inside Celtic Park with the club captain Scott Brown, along with other individuals, you know, it's kind of a situation of did it suit the narrative then, but doesn't now. 
you know, we know how fractured the relationship, not just with the Green Brigade, maybe Declan, we've spoken about it between the fans and the club all season or for large parts of the season. And, you know, like you said there, someone will have been in attendance whilst the um, demonstration, if you like, has, has uh, been displayed. They've allowed them to do that, take pictures and leave. Do you think making a statement, JP, was really the bridge too far. Do you think that was the one that uh, threw the cat amongst the pigeons? They may have decided after the event, having spoken to X, Y and Z, they might have thought this isn't appropriate, right? But then it's the statement that then kind of throws that back at the Green Brigade, isn't it? It's almost a, it's pretty critical. It is. And I mean, there is things that the Green Brigade have done that I don't agree with and things that, you know, I would say are, are you know, not in my name as a Celtic fan and, and things are done at the club sometimes that we that we as a fan base then get, you know, tarred as a whole. You know, for example, the fracas outside Celtic Park after the Ross County game, that suddenly becomes the Celtic fan base that did that. That that's the narrative now that's just that, you know, and the whole shark thing with the gate and the, the barrier and everything. Mm-hmm. You know, you see you see rhetoric now is which is basically like the Celtic fans did this. And it's like, well no, the Celtic fans didn't do that. That was a handful of people, maybe a couple of hundred if you're lucky, that didn't represent me. But because they did it in such a public way and it was it was, you know, caught by the media, then it suddenly becomes Celtic fans, quote unquote. And, and I disagree with that and people might have a go at me and say oh well you know who are you to say this or that and it's just like well I don't want someone speaking uh, for me as a Celtic fan and, and, and you know being reckless with their actions whether it's throwing things at the team bus or whatever but on the flip side of that to uh, sound like Russell flip it and uh, <laughs> he does say that a lot but I like it um, <laughs> uh, flip it and you know what, what happened yesterday is completely in my name and I absolutely endorse it and then you'll get people going oh Celtic fans you know they don't know who they are they just want to get involved in everything around the world and it's just like well what so we're just supposed to ignore you know oppression in another country and just be like oh well just let them go on with it you know we'll not try and support them in any way so for that to be you know put out there at Celtic Park yesterday by the Green Brigade and then to be taken down is I mean, it's disgusting as far as I'm concerned. It's, it's, it's really, really poor judgment, you know. And like Declan said, whoever, somebody should have surely been there overseeing it. But did they just go, eye on you go, guys? You know, like no one was there looking at what they were doing. Well, I, I've been in the stadium once when it was not a match day. It was just like a run-of-the-mill day, JP. And you can't move. So you're, you're obviously, you're signing in. There's a the whole security aspect of it. And and the person that you're there to see is with you every step of the way. You can't just go wandering, you know. So I think you're you're spot on with that. There would have been someone, I guess, who would have been there uh, in attendance observing what was going on. Um, And as I say, what if they made a decision and that decision was, you know what, this isn't about making a political um, message or or using an an opportunity to do that. This is all about Scott Brown. And they decided, let's say the club took that that tact and said, you know what, we're going to remove this. I think the statement was the bit that that really became inflammatory because if they had made a, a decision 
I'm pretty sure that um, by the time it came up on the screen, the Green Brigade may have commented online about that, the fact that it's been removed, um, not to their knowledge. But I think it was a statement. And uh, I'm looking at some of the, the points that are coming in. Paul McKenzie joins us on YouTube. Welcome to the show, Paul. The board seem incapable of understanding the feeling of fans even after this disastrous season. And you know what? Yesterday, uh, I spoke to you earlier, JP, when you were on your way into the studio. Uh, we spoke, obviously, to a Celtic supporter, Declan, on the Axon Bulletin. Uh, on the Dialing Show, which is on every Wednesday, if you want to get involved in that, send us a message, tell us what you want to talk about. Uh, you can come on for 15 minutes or so. But there was a guest... And I think that if anyone watched the show, they might guess that that guest is uh, pretty well placed in, in relation to this season um, and um, in relation to Neil Lennon. But a lot of the uh, answers and a lot of the points that were being made, I felt, were far removed from what the, the Celtic fan base feels, Declan. Um, this has just removed us even further, do you feel? Yeah, I thought it was even, I had the pass on last night before the game and um, you know, they're showing you Ed, odds and Edwards goals of the season but we let the people sing playing as a tune which I thought was quite oh. hypocritical and very much tongue-in-cheek, you know. I see different comments in the the, the, the comment section there and some of them are just ludicrous, you know. I think a lot of people would always put Celtic and politics quite closely linked together with the whole tricolour episode that happened and um, as well as that Bob Kelly even stopped Celtic going to, to play a match behind the Iron Curtain too so yeah. you know yeah. I think Celtic's always had a very transcendent link with politics and it's something that is in our roots and something we should uh, carry on at. I think Brother Wolfred yesterday would have been very proud of what the GB did mm-hmm. You know when you're, you're looking online um, and almost instantly JP, you're thinking to yourself, this is a PR disaster once again. I mean, does that go through anybody's mind? I mean, you just knew that if you were going to react in the way that the club did, removing um, the flags of Palestine and then making a statement, you just think, I thought we were building bridges here. I thought that there was going to be a new approach with a new CEO coming in. We've spoken loads on on the podcast and on the show about um, culture. There's a culture at the club. Apparently there isn't a culture at the club, um, according to our guest yesterday, but there certainly is a culture there that uh, we have to change and we have to work together as a fan base and as a club to ensure that we're actually working together because I think Brennan Rogers did say, you know, the holy trinity um, of the club, as in the boards and all the staff, the players and management and the, and, uh, and the fans, that's your, that's your holy trinity. And when you're working together, you're unstoppable. If, it feels as though we're, we're getting nowhere fast at the moment, JP, in terms of rebuilding that kind of relationship. No, it's, it's fragmented, uh, to say the least. Um, whoever okayed that statement to go out yesterday, if they weren't doing that with their head in their hands and... You know, it was in a regrettable sense, regardless of the wording. But if they weren't doing that, thinking, "Oh no, here we go, this is going to be terrible," or if they were doing it, going, "No, nah, get it out there, get it out there. This is this is unacceptable." They've tried to they've tried to hijack. Uh, we've given them the access in good faith, and they've tried to hijack it. So, no, get it out there. You know, tell them, tell them this isn't acceptable. If it was delivered like that, then there's there's deep rooted problems that are so disconnected to. You know, I know that not all Celtic fans will care about Palestine or even know what was going on there. Um, I'm fortunate to have been in a position where I was actually 
in Palestine and I've been in Jerusalem and I've seen what, and I don't want this to become like, oh, JP's this, done this, done that. And I, I found myself there by complete accident a few years ago. Um, it's a story I can't really go into, but I did find myself there and I, I, I witnessed it and seen what these people are living, the, 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 the conditions these people are living under. And I was invited into a Palestinian's house in Bethlehem and his family gave us, uh, you know, uh, traditional tea and, and cakes and told and his big brother, who had better English, told us what it was like to live there and the uh, the, the oppressive r- rules and how they can't get work if they don't have a dual passport and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, it's it's absolutely horrendous. So, from a personal point of view, that hurt me yesterday to see the club that I spend a lot of money in uh, and and have followed all my life to just sort of uh, take away this tribute. And not tribute, but this this uh, solidarity with mm. with the people, and and which has been there, as you said before, with the with the, the the full the full stand display, which is a huge impact. Yes, we got fined for it, but then the genius move of coming up with the match to fine for Palestine was was a masterstroke on whoever came up with that, um, and it's almost like we're beating the club at our own uh, at our own what's the word. Not marketing, but we're beating our club at our own endeavor. At their own endeavors, the club should be matching the fans. Not, not, not the fans shouldn't be ahead of the game in terms of um, what they're doing with regards to things like that. So, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm appalled at it. Yeah, I mean, also, some people are saying, well, no matter what the club do, um, because, you know, they, they released the Bruni tribute tracksuit for 70 quid, um, so they see an opportunity to market that. Um, and then some people are saying, well, you, you, no matter what they do at the moment, you're going to moan about it. But they've got to be treading carefully, you, you think. You know, a few weeks ago, the tweet came out, Declan, around uh, not half of anything and all this kind of stuff. And there was a few people in Axel saying, you know what, tweets don't win titles um, and then on the one hand you're trying to curry favour by putting something out that you know that universally nothing is, is agreed on but a vast majority of people would have uh, supported a tweet like that uh, others will say well you know the real issues are the, the five way agreement and uh, dealing with EBTs and stripping titles and uh, registrations and you know resolution 12 stroke 13 why didn't you deal with that you know the tweet means nothing but then on the other hand Showing um, the kind of action that shows that you you really are c- quite removed from the uh, the average Joe uh, fan. Now we have a, a message coming from Malone Kenny. One, when is Dom going to address the nation? Um, I do know that there's a fans forum this afternoon, Declan, four yep. o'clock, I think. Um, yep, so, are you involved in that? Yes, sir. Yep. You're you're on the mailing list. Yes, um, that's fine. So people will have an opportunity. I don't know. I've never actually been at a fans forum. I know Kevin Graham has attended a few and, and uh, reported back. Uh, will you be given the opportunity to to pose any queries or or anything to Dominic Mackay? Yeah, I think so. In the email that we got sent out from JP Taylor yesterday, um, there's going to be a can't remember off the top of my head what's going to be covered, but we are going to be allowed to um, throw in our worth. So um, yeah. Dominic McKay and a few other people from the club are going to be attending so hopefully we'll get some good dialogue hopefully get some answers and we'll just see how it goes but um, looking forward to, to hearing what Dominic McKay's got to say to us 
you know, um, there's JP and he's got dual functions. Not only is he appearing on the show, but he's putting up messages on YouTube. Solidarity with Palestine as well. We will be talking about last night because obviously, as I said, it was overshadowed, I think, by uh, everything that happened after the, the flags were taken down. Uh, the display was taken down. And I think that, you know, it is only right to spend a wee bit of time talking about the bold Scott Brown. You know, um, we actually have been invited to this press conference. I've seen there's been a bit of chat online about the, the press conference today. Um, and I know that some people are refusing to take part in that. Axom have agreed to take part in it um, because, you know, we have um, a different view on why we would want to sp- speak to the departing Scott Brown. We don't have an opportunity, never have had an opportunity to speak to him. And we're taking that opportunity to speak to Scott Brown uh, and I don't think that's a contradiction um, in terms when we've just criticised the club for their actions over the Palestine display. Uh, but each to their own on that, and hopefully we'll have some footage to share. Now, Declan, when you're talking about this great captain uh, of ours who is going to be departing uh, the club very, very soon, one more game, uh, ironically, against his former club, Hibs, um, and you think to yourself, some of the the kind of tributes that have been made from players past and present, Mika Lustig was on yesterday, Brendan Rogers was on um, and I asked Colin what last night if you had a chance to ask him something what would it be and I think Colin came out with a great suggestion around the influence that Tommy Burns the late great Tommy Burns had um, for that short space of time at the beginning of Scott Brown's Celtic career what about yourself Declan given the opportunity to to ask the captain anything what would you be um, what would you be asking him um Possibly the influence that Brendan Rodgers had um, on his career, because I think after that, that two weeks draw at Hamden, a lot of people, including myself, thought he was done and probably you know, wouldn't make an impact. And there's a whole story that Brendan got him down there and they went for a meal and a chat and um, you know, kind of re- re- restarted his Celtic career also probably. You know, did they ever think at that point in time that that would be it and over? And, um, you know... How did it change so quickly to turn from, you know, rank rot in one season to probably unplayable player the next? Mm. Oh, definitely. Uh, so Scott Brown, he signs off. JP uh, with an assist. He's number seven in the list of all-time appearances for Celtic. And then he gets interviewed after the game. <laughs> You're the music uh, man. Scooter, uh, really? Uh, Scooter? Yeah. But see, that I think that's one of the things that appeals to me about Scott Brown is the fact that, you know, he's now... He is definitely the closest in age uh, to to myself, anyway. Uh, so it's it's kind of the last of the players, really. That is even would have been at school when I was at school. Do you know, what I mean, I, if I, I would have been in sixth year, he'd have probably been just coming into first year. So he would have been one of those wee widows in first year that thought they were brilliant when they started. You know, I, I saw it by the way when I when I was in sixth year, the first years that came in. They were coming up and like, oh, Specky and all that. And you're like, I wouldn't have said boot a ghost when I was in first year. I wouldn't have gone anywhere near a sixth year. But you could just see the change in kind of cockiness and everything mm-hmm. that was happening with generations changing and everything else. So if that's what they were like, you know, back then, God only knows what kids at school are like now. But anyway, my point is that Scott Brown is kind of nearer to me in age. So yes, he remembers... I guess the nineties and and stuff like that and and things like scooter and you know he's just he's from a different a different football era and and I, I certainly was I was so sad to see that last night just the, the pictures of him at the end with the empty stadium and everything like that I mean I, I, I commented on one of them and said 
um, this tells a story, and it really does. You know, Scott Brown sitting on a ball in an empty stadium while we're in the middle of an unprecedented global mm-hmm. pandemic, you know, and the empty stadium is the reason why um, he's, you know, uh, well, the, the global pandemic is the reason why he's sitting in an empty stadium and not taking the applause because let's not, let's not uh, beat around the bush. Regardless of this season, there's no way that it wouldn't have been a full, full house at Celtic Park to see, to, 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 to see him off. I mean, I, I just don't see how that would have been the case. I, I can't see Celtic fans having stayed away you know, for that, there's no. No, that definitely. The, the images are, are are you know instantly iconic when you look at them. The, the bit I love about them, uh, Celtic Park in the darkness, isn't the disco lights. It's none of that kind of stuff. It's the Celtic Football Club lettering mm. on the top mm. of the um, the North Stand. I think that just looks stunning. It just fits the image. And as Zinkovic says, yeah, sad that the Bru- uh, Bruni's last game at Paradise times must move on now and no clearer has that ever been since we've heard the news that Scott Brown will go um, I think after this uh, lockdown and the pandemic you know, in the, in the months and the years to come we'll look back on certain things and, and you know, take stock on it and the very fact that when we're back at Celtic Park the next time we'll see him Declan he'll be wearing the red of Aberdeen, I'll never ever get used to that no, I'll never get used to that. I mean, Bruni signed for Celtic when I was seven. The, the kit over my left shoulders, the, the kit he was signed in, it says Declarate in the back because my birthday's the eighth. Um, it's a small boy's top and now a medium man. So <laughs> right through 14 years, um, Bruni, uh, primary school, high school, university, full whack. Um, so many happy memories, so many good times under Gordon, Tony, Neil, Ronnie, Brendan, everybody. So, um, yeah, it's going to be a big miss. It's going to be very weird to see him in a different kit. I don't really remember him being at Hibs. So this will be the first time I'll really see him in a different kit. And he's going to be a big miss. I think he's going to be a big miss in the dressing room. But I hope that when he does come back with Aberdeen, he's um, duly given that applause that hopefully there'll be some people in the stadium to do so. Yeah, I hope so. I mean... Obviously, coming from Fife, you pick up, um, you, you meet a lot of people that know him or have known him through his life, and you pick up bits and bobs. And I always remember uh, people starting this rumour that he had Rangers tattoos on his legs. Remember that rumour? And he had them on his calves and all this nonsense. And then I met. Couldn't they care, uh, couldn't they care less? Couldn't they care less? Well, this is the thing. I mean, exactly. Who cares? Look what he's uh, actually achieved. Um, but then you start to meet the, the kind of Hibs boys around the area and I mean the Hibs boys and uh, <laughs> they, they make they make it known that he's definitely a hippie um, but you know I just think the way that he's progressed and um, what he became at Celtic I look at a lot of players who progressed and became the players that they they were um, whilst they were at our club and I, I would say Henrik Larson was one of the players he developed into the player he became at Celtic and we watched that and I think we watched the development of Scott Brown as well and when you look at that list certainly in the modern day I know we've got Callum McGregor and James Forrest who could be one club men albeit Callum went on loan uh, in the early part of his career you know um, these kind of people who need to be one club men to get into the 500 club Scott Brown done it having already won a trophy at Hibs beforehand and not only is he in the, in the club he's number 7 he's above Bo- Bobby Lennox in the list it's just incredible and you know how long Bobby Lennox played for you know 
I think he made his debut in the early 60s. He was still playing in the 1980 Scottish Cup final. He came on as a sub. Um, and I don't think we're going to see many examples of that JP in our kind of lifetime now because the game has changed so, so much. And, and guys like James A. Forrest and McGregor, if he stays, because that's a point that I want to discuss, if he stays as well, they become almost an anomaly at a football club if they, if they stay there for their whole career. Well, I mean, the, the media, uh, if anybody does well, the media have them sold and, you know, sent down south or wherever uh, as soon as possible. You know, I mean, the media were punting Kieran Tierney for a move for long enough before it happened. I mean, Kieran Tierney was away every year in the lead up to the time that he actually did go, you know. Um, I think Arsenal were first credited with an interest in them in 2017, maybe. Maybe, maybe before that, I don't know. Um, but Scott Brown... I used to work with his cousin at a, at a bank in, in, in Edinburgh. I worked at a bank for a long time in my 20s and I got to know his cousin Natalie and um, I remember her telling me about his sister at the time and it wasn't in the press, it wasn't widely known and his form was obviously up and down because of it and she, you know, I would speak to her and, and you know, I knew things like he bought, her, he bought his sister a mini, you know, um, when she didn't have a lot a lot. A lot of time left in her life he bought her a, like a brand new mini as a present I think maybe for her, her 21st or something like that and so I was privy to that and because I knew that and I, was, I knew Natalie I just had this connection to Scott Brown and this is like Scott Brown as you know the maniac guy that we signed from Hibs this isn't the Scott Brown that is now so I kind of I felt like a you know, a, a bond with them at that point and want, will them to do well. When you find out somebody is going through hardship in their life, in their personal life, and they're playing for your club, you want them to do well. It's it's what we've always done as Celtic fans. You know, you go back to Tony Mowbray and his tragedy and, you know, there, there's there's many, many others. Unfortunately, you know, people are afflicted by tragedy in their lives. And, you know, so I, I'd always willed them to do well. I never, ever thought that he would be departing as the, the absolute legend that he is now, you know, and, you know, have have this sort of success. Um, you know, somebody shared the clip, I think it was uh, Darren from uh, Rennie from The View, shared the clip of Bruni's goal at Ibrox and uh, Davy Proven said something like, oh, that's something he doesn't uh, do too often is get, is, is get, uh, get, get in amongst the goals. And then I just replied back going, oh, well, he certainly gets in amongst the trophies, Davy, because he's got 22 of them, you know? So, um <laughs> I don't. I don't think he'll mind about not having too many goals under his uh, belt when he's looking yeah. at his trophy hall. You know. I know. I know. And uh, the other thing that I remember actually uh, just picking up on is that image of him as a boy and he's wearing a Rangers top, but he's actually playing for a team that wore Rangers tops, right? Mm. Uh, because I remember when I was maybe under 13 or whatever, uh, what they used to do, the, the managers, they were always skint these football teams um, in the villages and, and they would go into places like Intersport and try and buy whatever jersey was going for a tenner. So you might have been playing in an Inter Milan jersey, you know what I mean? It didn't really matter and then you would sew the badges and all that on. But I remember that image and uh, I got an opportunity uh, via Kerrydale Street, the forum. Uh, some chap had access to various football jerseys from Celtic youth teams and they said you know if you know anybody that needs uh, a set of football kits let me know and the person who worked um, as a clerical at my work at the time knew Scott Brown's dad who ran a football team I says is he looking for jerseys and she's like aye so I came in with the Celtic ones I was like there you go you know better than the ones that he was using when Scott Brown played for them but yeah they probably played a season or so in the green and white hoops so nice to know and um 
I should have kept a few of them actually because they probably would have fitted Russell um, who's coming in on the in the comments section as well but Scott Brown for me when you're looking at the contribution that he's made an absolute legend and um, a lot of people disagree with that and say that there's only a few legends at the club Bruni's up there if you're ever in Fife if you ever venture to Fife um, and you want to go to a place called Hill of Beath which is a small mining village on the way to Cowdenbeath as you're driving in on the left hand side there's a there's a statue of Jim Baxter and then just behind that um, there's definitely a bar in there I think it's maybe a, a miner's welfare JP just behind it the actual statue and there's quite a lot of stuff in there that Scott Brown's given them so I think he does a lot of stuff behind the scenes you know and, and um, he doesn't blart it he just does it because he wants to do it you know the altruism without saying look what I've done for this charity or look what I've donated to this um, but you know the push for a, a statue might yet um, happen with Axom getting in, in tow with some of the five CSCs. Now, again, we need to be balanced on this and Stephen Sloan comes in talking about the Palestine display. I've supported Celtic all my life and I'm with the board on this one. We're a football club, not a political party. I've seen a lot of comments like that uh, yesterday as well, that's Declan. Fine. No, that's fine, that's fine. I've seen a lot of comments coming through um, and if any others are, are coming through in the comments, I'll certainly share them as well. Let's have a look at last night then because it leaves us without um, an El Capitano and um, he gave his captain's armband to James Forrest. Callum McGregor obviously was sitting this one out. Uh, when Jamesy came off, he gave it to Chris Ayers. So does that mean that Chris Ayers is a fourth choice captain at the moment? I think Callum McGregor is a vice captain. Jamesy must be number three. Who is our captain next season, Declan? I've heard some suggestions that we're going to buy a ready-made one I think that um, if you look at the players we're expecting to leave and the three main assets being Ryan Christie, Otten Edward, Chris Iyer, we need to move mountains to keep Chris Iyer. I think that the very fact that his fellow professional voted him the player of the year speaks volumes you know what it's like in any kind of sport if your contemporaries vote that you are the most important player in that team that speaks volumes he's obviously well respected I think he's a leader I know that there are deficiencies in his defensive play but for me I'm looking around that squad James E. Forrest is never a captain he's very experienced but he's never a captain um, Callum McGregor I'm on the fence with that I, I'm not sure it would be a good move I think he needs to get back to his best form he doesn't need the added pressure of being a captain Try and keep Chris Iyer. Do you think it's still possible, Declan? I think, you know, reports yesterday, Eddie Howe's done and whatnot. I think, you know, that's a very hot prospect, I think, for, for Chris Iyer to look at and, and think, you know, probably develop his game a bit more under Eddie Howe. There's still a lot of guys, like last night, showed that there's still a good core of a team there that will still be further developed. And I think, you know, with the right management team in, that can happen. So I would certainly offer Chris Iyer a, a tasty um, new deal. Whether or not he would want to keep it, you know, he's still young, so I, I, he shouldn't be in any rush to leave Celtic. I think he can still develop at Celtic. He's not really um, played too much Champions League, if any Champions League at Celtic. I think, you know, broke into the first team properly at double treble season. And um, I think a lot of the time we were playing Jozo Seminovic and Dedrick Boyata at the back. So don't think he's played a lot of, you know, regular Champions League football for us. So that's something they could maybe look at too. And, um, you know, win trophies at Celtic why not so I think even you know two three years then he can head off wherever because um, he certainly got it in his locker but whether we maybe buy in somebody I know one of the guys being linked with is, is if it is Eddie Howe is Steve Cook mm. who is I think you know roughly about 30s centre half Eddie Howe had him at Bournemouth he knows him very well 
possibility, but I'd certainly be, um, you know, off an eye that a very new tasty deal when trying to get him to stay at the club because uh, if we can do that, I think it solves the big problems at the back. And uh, yeah, I'd certainly give Ayer the armband. Massive problems at the back, Declan, and, and Ayer's been a part of that. You know, that's the thing. I can't take away from the fact that he's been a part of the defensive issues that we've faced. I've been looking at, uh, obviously, the potential teams for next season, JP. 68 days now, um, as your notepad will tell us, to our first fixture in the Champions League qualifier. Um, and I'm pretty fearful because, I mean, as Declan says, I think everybody is of the understanding, Eddie, how the deal is done. Um, it's maybe not going to be announced until um, such times as though, you know, maybe a PR uh, kind of coup for once for Celtic at the moment, whereby all the attention's maybe on the league winners this weekend and potentially going through the league campaign unbeaten uh, and maybe announce it then. I guess that's maybe the thinking around that. But it's going to take time. And, you know, yesterday we spoke about, and I, I know a lot of people disagree with this, but we spoke about the potential for bringing back Jack Hendry. Um, and to try and get a balanced view on that one, because I don't watch much Belgian, Belgian football, um, JP probably knows as much about Belgian football as the next guy. Uh, we brought in um, someone who actually contributes to the Belgian football podcast, someone who um, has a knowledge of the game, the league, and has watched uh, with interest Jack Kendry's development this season. He reckons we need to give him another shot. Um, I think that uh, if we leave, if Ayer leaves, then we've got to. I don't think we've, there's any question that we've got to. If Ayer stays, then perhaps uh, we, we allow Hendry to move on. What's your thoughts on on Chris Ayer staying, and also on the question of Jack Hendry? Well, first of all, when I was listening to Declan speak there, I kind of was thinking. With regards to just anybody leaving this season and at this point, um, with regards to not just COVID, but also the, the way this season has gone, we know, right, we've watched these guys play. We know that these guys, that this season is not a true reflection of a lot of these guys, uh, you know, the way they performed. I mean, whether people want to question that or not, if people want to say, oh, they were always rubbish, look, look what's happened when they've had a challenge. Yes, they've had a challenge. Of course they have, but they've also had the challenge of, of a really weird year you know if we are getting back to any sort of normality and god uh, god i really hope we are you know in uh, sort of august september october time you know maybe it would be a case of looking at uh the, their their season the way it's gone and thinking well actually if i do sign a new deal or stay uh, stay on at Celtic and try, uh, under a new management team and try and get back to the levels that that I know I'm capable of as a player and, and that we know they're capable of as fans, then maybe maybe the exodus may not be as crazy as as, as, as we're all expecting. I'm, I, I mean, I could be made to look very foolish in a few months' time and the, the, the numbers of people that have gone out of the building are accurate and, and what we predicted. But I don't know. I, I, I'm just looking at it from that point of view to think, well, Actually, they probably would be probably be then their interest, depending on what sort of clubs are circling. Like if you're talking mm. Norwich and Burnley for Christie, I mean, really Norwich and I mean, I know people will go, oh, well, the money is so much better, but I mean, f- football-wise, really, is that where you want to be going? You know, whereas you know, if you have a, a really good season next season, uh, on top of a good Euros, you know, you could you could be looking at a far better move for the longevity of your career. I mean, I don't expect these guys to stay at Celtic for the rest of their career. They're not going to do a Scott Brown. That just doesn't happen anymore. 
Um, but with regards to Jack Hendry, the reasons that I would want Jack Hendry to be given another chance is he's Scottish. He's not a clown. He's obviously a professional. Like you, you wouldn't get the chance that you've got that he's had in Belgium to be able to do what he's done and showcase. He's not gone over there and sat on a bench. Do you know what I mean? He's not gone over there and kicked his heels. He's not gone over there and caused any bother. Um, so Scottish, professional, and if the player himself wants, if he's hungry to come back and prove himself at Celtic, then what better than having given a player a, a stage and a platform to prove themselves uh, in a position where we really need, you know, somebody like that. You know, it's not as if he's, you know, uh, well, I mean, we need players every, in every position, let's put it that way. But I mean, at centre-half in particular, there's nobody there that's got the, the jersey uh, as their own. Even I <laughs> really, I, I don't think he's got the jersey as his own because he, he could quite easily play it right back. So yeah. he's like your stick on centre-half, so... One of the interesting things yesterday uh, that I wasn't aware of that Scott brought up was that the option for Ustend to sign on a permanent deal, Jack Hendry, expires on the 31st of May. He says so there might be some tactical uh, kind of work going on by Celtic who might, you know, if there's a couple of other clubs uh, interested, apparently there's some interest in English football as well to try and get a bit a better fee so you know the decision may already have been made and they're just going to try and get a better fee and uh, you know under these circumstances I'm pretty sure um, that everybody would uh, accept that I'm looking at players that for me are, are fringe players who don't have a chance of resurrecting their, their Celtic careers and I, you know again it's maybe just my opinion, but I think people like Nier Beaton. I mean, what contribution has Nier Beaton really made this season? Olivier and Cham. Uh, Tommy Rogic comes into that category for me as well. And these are the types of players that, you know, let's streamline the squad a wee bit. And a lot of these guys who, they're not going to command five, six, seven million pounds in, in the transfer market. I get that. But, you know, if you offloads uh, a clutch of these players five or six of them, probably Scott Baines in that category as well. Um, and, and then, you know, you might be able to to say, well, we're streaming, we're streamlining the squad, but we we might be able to keep one of the the, the top assets. And um, I've I've kind of resigned myself, JP, to losing Edward. I think most of us are poor season. Edward still scores twenty two goals. Um, Christie, who I want to talk about in a wee second, I'm kind of you know resigned to the fact that I think he has the ambition to do that, even if it is a Norwich or a Burnley. JP, I think that's what he wants to do. Um, we all know we've seen so many players, some would say better players, going to that level um, and not doing it. Gary Hooper's a great example. I, I always felt, you know, he went down there. He had aspirations to play for England at that stage. And look where he is now. He's, he's virtually semi-professional. Um, and and so, struggling for a club the last time, he was freed. So I think that Ryan Christie might be leaving the building, but Ayer is the guy I would be trying my best to keep now. On the subject of Christie, Declan McConville, we have a laugh on the WhatsApp group about um, you know data analytics and uh, Alan Morrison gets it tight because he's the data man, he's the stat man. Uh, and he, he did say the other week there when he was on last Wednesday, he said that Ryan Christie's best in the number eight position. And that's where we got our best football from, Ryan Christie. That's where he was playing last night. I was really impressed with him. And I just think that 
you know, we're seeing a lot of things far too late now. We're seeing, uh, you know, Dembele getting minutes and showing us what we have been missing all season on, you know, wide right. We're, we're see, seeing, uh, you know, Ryan Christie playing as a number eight and thinking, well, that's the player that we remember him coming in and making an impact initially. Uh, Ryan Christie, if you're written him off, is he on his way out? And uh, why didn't we play him as a number eight when the stats said that's where he performs at his best? I think losing James Forrest earlier in the season meant that, you know, we shifted him out of the right-hand side and it was a complete waste of time. He's not that type of player. Um, his assists for this season, I think, are still very good. I don't know if they're the highest or the second highest in the team. And I thought he had a good game last night. But um, I'm kind of resigned to the fact he's not going to be there next season. I don't think he, he wants to be there. I think he would rather go and cash in like his mate Stuart Armstrong did. I don't think he's as good a player as Stuart Armstrong. And I think... You know, Burnley Norwich is going to be the kind of move that you want to do in terms of making a few quid. He's won probably what he's wanted to win at Celtic and would probably like to depart, but that's his choice. But I thought last night he played well and, you know, when he's not hitting um, shots, you know, away over the crossbar, he's not a bad player. I mean, the, you know, the, the nine in a row season, I thought he was excellent for the first part of the season he'd be absolutely fantastic he scored a hat-trick I think against uh, St Johnston in the first game of the season he was excellent but yeah, I think he'll, he'll be a goner yeah, it does seem that way, Declan. And uh, Stevie Dock comes in. Celtic Football Club is my team. It has been for 40 years. If you want to support politics, do it elsewhere outside Celtic Park. Green Brigade will never speak for me or true Celtic football fans. Now, the Green Brigade have been on the show a couple of times, and they do say that, that a big uh, kind of criticism, JP, is that people say you don't speak for me, and uh, they don't profess to speak to anyone, but they are a very vocal group, um, and I think there's a respect there by the club up to this point and there's obviously been fallouts uh, along the line but if they are ever uh, engaging with fan groups the Green Brigade is one of those fan groups along with let's say the Celtic Trust the affiliation the association etc so I don't think they they try and speak for everybody but they are uh, a very vocal and influential group but thank you very much for your comment and uh, a lot of people think that you know keep the politics out of Celtic part the other argument is we were built on politics it was due to politics that uh, the, the Irish diaspora were, were still in, um, you know, 40 years after uh, fleeing Ireland's famine, they were still uh, being treated like second class citizens. And, uh, you know, the decision was made all around Britain to set up football clubs uh, to support these people. And, and Celtic was one of those football clubs and everybody knows the, the history. So... Uh, you made a point there, Declan, in relation to Ryan Christie sending wild shots over the bar. Uh, there was a moment yesterday during the game where David Turnbull gets the ball. Um, I'm just going to double check when this was. Actually. It was the fourth goal, 85 minutes. David Turnbull gets the ball. And I thought to myself, how often have we seen it this season where he's had to try a shot because there's nothing on you know, we've seen it so, so often. You're playing against packed defences at times and you become a victim of that because you think, well, I'm going to try a, sh a shot from distance. But there was something different last night and that's something different. That option was Karamoko Dembele. Now, never in my Celtic support in life, probably since Islam Farouz, can I remember, JP, such hype around a youth player 
um, as there has been with Karamoko. Uh, the big worry was, of course, that it might affect him, might go to his head. And a lot of Celtic fans, me included, um, had those concerns this season. He's given us a wee glimpse against Aberdeen then again last night that, you know what, we could have been utilising this kid all season. He gave us a, a, a right different dimension last night when he came on for his short appearance, didn't he? We did, I did, and I saw it, and I think, you know, I scored, scored in the fourth goal in a 4-0 drubbing of a, of a team who were, were already beat. You know, there's a lot of people will always jump on that, you know, that people like, I don't know, guys like like Bobby Petter and Reggie Blinker or these kind of guys that would drift in and, you know, contribute a goal. They wouldn't score you the crucial goals. I know Bobby Petter obviously scored in Amsterdam against Ajax, and that was a crucial goal, but... Um, there's been a few players at Celtic over the years that are the ones that sort of chip in with a goal when we're already we've already won the game. Um, but Dembele scoring last night, at still a very young age, um, actually showed that he's got the chops and he, he, you know he, he can he can he can do it at this level quite not not easily, but he can do it and he, at least he's backing up this sort of the 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 bling and the, and the hype and the Instagram and you know the the, the sort of that kind of identikit of a of a player of his age at this at this point in his career, where he probably does think he's, you know, uh, a cut above, you know, everybody else at his age level, and he might well be, but you've got to go and play forty, fifty games, and then you know show that you can do it, you know, and and if he turns and does that, then then that that's a different story. We're having a different story altogether. But there's a reason why he's not been getting involved as much. And I, you know, speculate speculation, of course, but I wonder whether or not it is his attitude. Um, because your attitude's got to be right at Celtic. You, might as, you could be the greatest player in the world. If you've not got the right attitude, then I don't think he should be given a chance. Um, but we'll see. I know he's got a year now. The, the revelation is that he's got a year left on his deal, which was, I think, a lot of people didn't realise that and myself included, so maybe he'll have a chance next season. There's a, a website called Transfer Market, and um, that's normally very accurate when it, when it comes to deals, and uh, that's the kind of go-to if you want to know how long anyone's got left on their contract, JP. And a lot of people refer to that, and I think a lot of mainstream media outlets go there and that, and I think that sent people down a, a well goose chase because they thought it was up this summer but there is another year on it uh, in terms of the um, the attitude aspect of it I mentioned this last night but I will mention it again um, because I know that you've, you, you were busy yourself last night JP but uh, in, in relation to that there was, a, there was a mooted move for him a loan move earlier on this season for Dembele and believe it or not the loan move was to Queen's Park and we know that there's been a few players gone there from Celtic and he refused to go. Mm. He refused to go and therefore he wasn't part of the squad. Mm. Is that punishment or is it really just trying to keep the, the, the kids' feet on the ground? Um, he's looking around him and it's, you know some of his contemporaries are getting big moves. You know we've, we've lost players to Man City, Liverpool, Bayern Munich. We know that and he's looking around thinking, well, I'm not playing for Queen's Park, which is disrespectful to the club who are willing to give him game time. Um, on the flip side, let's flip it. And uh, Luke O'Connell, he's gone there and he's performed really well. You know, he's went there and he's just been a professional and, he, and he's got the game time. But uh, Dembele didn't fancy that much. And uh, obviously, I think that was part of the reason this, this season. And it's unfortunate because we have seen him developing from a 13-year-old kid. Um, and last night, I thought to myself, someone had to put Kane in his place last night because he just goes round uh, clubbing folk. And he was on the pitch about 60 seconds and the wee man... Um, 
got him decked, which was nice to see because I think he has bulked up a fair bit, uh, Dembele. Declan, is he someone that a new manager could um, salvage? Do you think we've, we've uh, seen the last of Dembele or could he stick, stick around for a couple of seasons? I definitely don't think we've seen the last of him. Um, I think last night showed what the two, two you were saying there, that he's certainly bulked up. He can certainly do it. Um, I don't think we've seen the last of him. You know, again, as I touched on earlier with Chris Iyer, I think that the bare bones of a decent squad is still there and a, a good manager can get the best out of some players. And, you know, we're short on that side. We've got James Forrest as the only right winger, natural right winger. So, so why not give him a chance? You know, he's, he's there to be used. Same goes for Luca Connor, who'll come back, who, you know, very impressive at Queen's Park. Um, he's played it, he's rolling and getting the Spiders promoted. So, you know, I think there's, there's positions there that are up for grabs and, you know, let, let play, players prove it. Absolutely and as expected there are differing views coming through in relation to the Palestine display Kenny Beaton there's a disconnect PJ because Celtic FC are not a political movement I think there's also a disconnect uh, beyond the the political argument between the fans uh, and the club and you know I'm pretty sure that there will be a charm offensive as the fans forum part of that today we shall wait and see Um Sorry, she's just, that, she's just on that, right? I, I get that, right? But the display wasn't for the purposes of Celtic to take official pictures of it and put it out on their social media. That was allowing the fans, a section of the fans, to give them a voice to do something that they were supportive of. And that I fairly significant, if you were to do a straw poll of the Celtic support, I think there is quite a large amount of the Celtic fans that would support what the Green Brigade were doing yesterday in solidarity with Palestine. I get that there's uh, people that don't as well, but that's what Celtic's all about. Just because there's some people within our support that disagree with that doesn't mean to say that it shouldn't happen. I, I, I don't subscribe to that. And it wasn't supposed to be, this is the this is what Celtic as a whole represents. This is just a voice, a voice of the fans. This is what we're doing. We've taken a picture. The Green Brigade have put it out on the social media. It's not all, all, automatically... Celtic Football Club endorses this. This is just our fans, you know, showing their support. So I, 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 I respectfully disagree with uh, with with that point of view. Yeah, I think it's one from... you know, Paul as well. You know, on our board we have a a former MP on our current board and our, our former chairman John Reid uh, served in, in Tony Blair's cabinet. So you know, there is politics naturally at Celtic Park. That there's currently politics at Celtic Park in our boardroom. So. I think it's very hard um, in anybody's daily life not to have a, 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 you know, politics involved. So, you know, the, the comment earlier on to say that maybe because we hold the view that what the GB did yesterday was right, that we're not true Celtic fans, I don't subscribe to it. That's nonsense. I think everybody's got a point of view and that we all maybe, you know, support Celtic differently. But to say folk aren't true Celtic fans, I think is, is a nonsense. Yeah, Red Scotland uh, comes in and I do agree with you. Red Scotland, it wasn't a famine, it was genocide and uh, loads could have been done by Charles Trevelyan et al in relation to the genocidal kind of nature of that. I mean, when you look at the uh, the fact that there was a, a blight in the crop, loads could have been done. But instead of that, they just let them rot. And by the way, they were rotten. They were rotten in, in mud huts, you know, and a lot of them were, were trying to survive, JP, by eating grass from the fields because the potato at that time 
um, not only for them to to actually give themselves nourishment, but you know to farm the potato and actually have uh, some form of income uh, was was pivotal in Ireland at that time. And at that time, Ireland was actually part of Britain. You know, so uh, they were just left to rot, um, jumping into what was called penny boats to try and escape and flee, uh, hence the diaspora to places like Scotland and England and America, and uh, depending on how lucky you were. Uh, sometimes you were paying for a boat to America and you piped up in Glasgow and you weren't quite sure where you were. Uh, and that's the way it was. But 40 years later, nothing much had changed. And obviously the football club was formed to try and ease that. It was born out of oppression. And I think that's always key to remember. Um, yeah, I was impressed with young Dembele. I was looking at Dembele on one wing, Declan and Johnson on the left. And I thought to myself, is this the future? Is this the worth that we've been crying out for? I would love to see that. I know that James Forrest is your first pick. But it would be great to see Dembele getting more game time on the right and perhaps you know, I, I've kind of checked out on El Yunusi as well. I don't think we're going to be spending five million quid on El Yunusi, and I would much rather see Johnson getting more game time. Declan yeah, McConville, um, what's your thoughts? I, I, you know, I think Mikey Johnson. I think people are quite split on him. Again, you know, he, he's had these problems with injury, which is, you know, a, a real shame. I think Neil Lennon appeared to like him. Um, he scored a cracking goal about Sarajevo, was it at the start of uh, the season before? So. I think there's certainly a talent there. Um, whether or not he gets a run of games to, to prove himself, you know, as I said, it's been a while since he broke into the team and he's been played, you know, he get brought on at Highbrooks up front. I don't think he's he's a striker. So on the left-hand side, I'd certainly like to see him be given a chance and whether or not Ellenus is going to be our player next season, I don't know. If the price is right, I'd still sell him because he's not that far off. Scott Sinclair's assists and goals from the 16-17 season when Sinclair was every player of the year in the country so that was Scott Sinclair on a good Celtic team Moya Lanusi's been playing on a bad Celtic team and he's mm. still produced the goods when you need him to so um, I think if the price is right yes and I feel, think there possibly could be a player than Mikey Johnson again what JP said earlier he's Scottish he's young still there to be developed mm. give him a go I also think that uh, talking about development I would like to see a bit of um, physical development in Mikey Johnson I still, he still certainly looks Declan a wee bit lightweight Remember the transformation we've seen in Christie? A couple of stone he put on and, and most Klamala. of that was muscle in Clamala. And we want that, that kind of transformation and I think he would benefit from that as well. Uh, some great points coming through there. El Yunusi, five million quid, would you take a punt on that deck? Yeah, definitely. Yes, um, JP? Say, yep. Mm, I, it depends what sort of transfer budget we're talking. Uh, if, if five million is a sizable amount, of the of the amount of money that's there, I, I, I'm not sure if if we've got a quote unquote war chest, as is as, as, as always called, then uh, maybe maybe yeah. Paul, the, just the, the stats: Sinclair Elanusia. This isn't updated from last night, but before that was Sinclair 16-17, 50 appearances, 25 goals, 11 assists. Moy Elanusia this season, 43 appearances, 17 goals, seven assists. Not that far behind him. And as you say, in a much uh, more struggling side than the one Sinclair was part of. Interesting stats. Uh, we can't write them off. We can't say it's a catholification of modern football all the time. We need to trust them from time to time. A couple of quick ones then. Uh, Barkas made a, an appearance. He made a save as well. Uh, JP, does he have a future at Celtic Park? Uh, if, if he wants one, then I would like to think that we'll be given the opportunity because I don't think... 
I don't think he's he warrants being just thrown out on a scrap heap because of this season because he's he's not an absolute. It's not as if he's a calamity strewn, you know, uh, basket case of a keeper. You know, it's just like Declan said, he's not been playing on the good side. Never had a set. Look at the defence that's been playing in front of him. You know, I mean, hardly ever a settled defence, and when it has been. It's not been, you know, something that you would be very comfortable with. Uh, you know, Beaton and Duffy, Beaton and Welsh, you know, uh, Blacksall, you know, blown hot and cold. John Joe Kenny coming in on the right-hand side. Frimpong before him, who had, you know, questionable positional awareness. Uh, so, I, no, I, I think, you know, I, I wouldn't want... If, if, he wants, if, he, if he wants to go for family reasons or whatever... Uh, not settled here or whatever, then then fine. But if, if 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 on a football pitch he wants to play for Celtic, then I certainly would want to give him the opportunity. I just think that cutting your losses, uh, maybe on one of the the big acquisitions, maybe on one of the five million pound signings, I, c- I could get that. But I think Celtic would maybe be reluctant to to maybe lose on both of them. Declan, do you reckon that uh, Barkos or even a Yeti have a future next season? I know that there's so many uh, different uh, if spots and maybes in relation to the gaffer coming in. But as a club, if you spent ten million quid and you're going to lose half of that, it's just bad business. You would hope that we will get one player out of the the two big signings. Yeah, I think I don't think Barkas is a terribly bad goalkeeper. As JP touched on there, you know he's played with a, a defence that changed from week to week. He was kind of hung out to dry as well. Been we were being told that he was a number one pick. Then you know he plays at Livingston and gets dropped again and disappears for the rest of the time. So um, I think there still could be a player there. You know, you know from his time at Athens, he, he played at a decent level and and wasn't a bad goalkeeper. So I think you could still get a tune out of him. I'll be a Yeti. Not a clue what's going on there. Um, you know, we'd been told that he wasn't fit until February. Why? I don't know. And five billion pounds. You know, he, he turned it on at Basel, certainly enough. So um, whether a new manager can get a tune out of him or it's an attitude issue, I don't know. But I would like us to get a tune out of both of them. You know, spent big money on them, and uh, last summer we were all delighted with that business. So I would rather we don't cut our losses and and keep them, and hopefully we, we get something out of two of them. It's an interesting situation that Declan touched on there, JP. Uh, Ayeti, we're in, we're in May. Ayeti's not fit. Griffiths isn't fit enough to start the game. Um, we, we give Eduard loads of stick. The, the, the boy, I say boy, he's 23, turned 23 this season. He's actually had COVID uh, this season. We sometimes forget that. Uh, but he's kind of carried it again. I mean, he did the same last season until Griffiths came in at the kind of turn of the year. And then obviously there was a partnership that looked as though it was developing. But if I was to try and be devil's advocate on Eduard this season, and yes, like everybody else, I'm frustrated when the ball comes him six yards out and he tries to put it in with his heel um, or the back of his boot. That That's annoying. Of course it is. And missing penalties and looking disinterested. But then you think to yourself, well, where's his backup been really? Because two of the, the other strikers haven't been fit. The other one, Bios, playing in the French second division, scored 10 goals this season, by the way, JP. <laughs> but I won't ask you if uh, you fancy him back. Are we sometimes a wee bit hard on Eddie? I just think it's we've gone from this sort of love affair where the whole stadium is singing the Stone Roses to an empty stadium and he's, you know, hitting shots over the bar with the back of his heel and 
I, 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 I don't really know. I don't know where, where his head's at. I, I, I would love to think that, you know, we'd get another opportunity to see him play, you know, and, and sing that song again and have the stadium bouncing because it was, it was brilliant, you know. It was, it was really a great, it's a great, football, it's a great music to football song. Um, one of the best I've ever heard in my time supporting Celtic, I think, you know, just uh, sometimes they make the transition like the Scott Sinclair song, the logical song. I mean, that that was a, a stroke of genius as well. And, you know, to to have this guy just, just leave meekly, you know, with with, uh, with no trophies under his arm for this season, and just it's just another example of how rubbish this time is, <laughs> really. Um, uh, so, I, I, I don't know. Um, I thought his goal last night was brilliant. You know, what a, what a ball from from Bruni and and then the, the the touch the touch was I mean the touch made the goal the finish obviously was icing in the cake but the touch yep. to bring that ball down like that aye I mean that's 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 why he is what he is and that's why he's worth the money that we all you know believe him to be just not based on this season that was a reminder. I think anybody out there with the, the budget uh, would be doing worse than to, to pair him up with the original Dan Belly, who apparently could be on the move as well. Um, David Kelly comes in. Imagine being a keeper behind our defence. Fair exactly. point, yeah. It would have been pretty difficult this season. And Donny Boy, 67. The holy goalie, what's he up to these days? Is he 42? He can still play. Still a young man. 42 is still young, JP. Um, that's <laughs> us. That's us at the end of the bulletin for another Thursday. Uh, fascinating as always. Thank you everybody for getting involved in the YouTube comments uh, also Facebook and Twitter if you haven't already subscribed please do so uh, all that's left for me to say is uh, thanks again for joining me on a Celtic State of Mind Declan McConville and JP Mason live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Sports Social Podcast Network.